When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Who's going to be first to the floor here? And it was Marcus Smart as he usually is. Round drive. Scoop layup. That's not the first round we've seen a superstar in Welcome in to another episode of First of the Floor. Ben Vallis here. Thank you for joining us. Hope you're doing well. We are in the depths of a very quiet August. A slight reprieve coming soon with the World Cup just around the corner. But right now, we are living the quietest part of the offseason. Not here, though, on First of the Floor. We've cooked up some spicy offseason topics for you. And joining us for all of that and more, it's Jay Geisenberg. Jake, how you doing, sir? Mate, doing great. Um, for offseason, it feels like we have plenty to talk about. But I think um, there could be nothing for months, years on end, and we'd be able to put together a 49-minute podcast about the Celtics. So, I mean, yeah. <laughs> Every time we go into these off-season pods, let's keep it short, half an hour. That's what the people want. And then 55 minutes in, I'm like, come on, guys, we've got to wrap this up. We've still got so much left on the run sheet. So uh, let's see if that happens here again uh, tonight or today here if you're in Australia. But before we get into that, we wanted to let you know what we've got coming up this week slash next week. So tomorrow... Friday night, 8 p.m. Eastern time. It's part one of our Eastern Conference Rivals series. Uh, We're looking at what do Cleveland Cavaliers fans think of the Celtics? And joining us for that one is Tony Pester of Fear the Sword. Then next week, we'll get the three of us together, us two and Wayne Spoonie, and do another round of Celtics face-off, long overdue, where we choose two Celtics players and pit their one most elite skill against each other. For example... Would you rather Porzingis' post-up midi or Derek White's screen navigation? Mm. Also Ooh. next week, yeah, that's right. Also next week, round two of our Celtics trivia bonanza with Greg and Will from the Green with Envy podcast. And finally, if we have any time left among all of that, we're firing up our playback room for a legacy watch party game two of the 2017 Eastern Conference semifinals. That's Isaiah Thomas scoring 53 points on the Wizards in an overtime victory. Jake, have I missed anything there? That's everything for the next week. Hey, it doesn't stop here at first at the floor. I'm, this is exciting. I cannot wait to watch that 53-point game. That, oh, dude, yeah. That's going to be really fun. Hopefully a nice little uh, crew there joining us. We're going to watch and, uh, and uh, revel in the Isaiah Thomas glory before the whole Kyrie Irving thing uh, yes. went down. A little time capsule there that we're looking forward I, to. I just, I just wanted to shout out Tim Preston. He... Fell, fell, I, I believe fellow, fellow Aussie, just shouting out the uh, Aussie, the <laughs> yeah. Boomers lineup for the World Cup. Ten NBA players on the Boomers this season. Is that the Unreal. second most in the whole World Cup? It's got to be. I believe so. Yeah. yeah that's like, great. By far. So, and then, yeah, so we got some exhibition games next week. I did look at going to Melbourne. So they're all very expensive, so I'll be watching it from afar. <laughs> also looked into it. Prohibitively expensive. We'll not be going. <laughs> maybe in four years' time. But yeah, maybe yes. we can fire up the, the playback room, particularly if we can get Spoody involved for yes. Australia versus USA, if that does happen. Yes. Uh, we've got to get that going in our room too. All right. Let's start with the Porzingis injury tornado, which is what I'm calling oh, it because it's it's really been this just this funnel of information and misinformation and reports going back and forth. We'll start with the initial report, if you want to call it that, by Rupert Fabig, who tweeted out, exclusive, according to my information, there are growing concerns that Latvia star Kristaps Porzingis might miss the FIBA World Cup due to injury. Understood, it is something with his foot, staff, himself, and the Boston Celtics will wait until the last moment to make a decision. 
Jake, can you just talk us through your mindset, your thoughts as this report, in quotes, if you're not watching on YouTube, um, emerged? This this was terrible. <laughs> Off season, like we PTSD from Danilo Gallinari and the ACL last season, every Celtics fan has been pretty anti Porzingis playing in this World Cup. Like we don't need to add this stress to a Boston Celtics team over the past like seven years has had some catastrophic, poorly timed injuries, whether it's Hayward's ankle exploding, Tatum's ankle in game seven, uh, Kemba's knee turning to dust. Uh, Like the list really goes on over the past seven years. So to add this after we've been so excited about what Pazingas is going to bring to the team was um, kind of heart-wrenching, honestly. But I feel like, Ben, you you go to some dark places pretty quickly. So I, I need to I need, <laughs> I need I need to know, where did you go? Ah, uh, just hello darkness, my old friend. Just like it echoes in the chasms of my brain or my skull where my brain should be. It's not functioning in, in times like this. And uh, you just think, here we go again. And you think back to all the things you mentioned, like, why can't we have nice things? We deserve something. I, I feel like, and then, yeah, I guess my brain starts to go with like, we, we used it up with Brogdon last year, who, yeah. who stayed healthy <laughs> right up until the where we really needed him most at the end of the season, at the end of the playoffs. Um, but then Latvia, Latvia denies the Latvian Basketball yes. Association comes out with, a, a, we've got the translated tweet here. They say, there has been information that questions the participation of Kristaps Porzingis in the FIBA World Cup. LBS denies this information. Both the players' individual preparation plans and the team's overall training progress are ongoing. The lineup for the match against the Dominican Republic will be announced on August 12th, which is uh, a couple of days from now. So it looks like, I don't know, maybe we're out of the woods here. He's not as injured as originally thought, maybe not injured at all. And Rupert, uh, what was his name? Rupert Fabig, he actually clarified afterwards. He said, understood, it's at least nothing too serious because they are still discussing oh, the option of him playing in the World Cup. So he sort of reneged. He reneged, back a bit. But, he, but he also doubled down on, the, on like the, the idea that everybody like was like, you're a fraud, you're not words, you're not shams, whatever, whatever. Um, I did, Carl in the, in the chat here did see my tweet where maybe Brad Stevens planted this information in order to try and get Porzingis removed from the World Cup. Um, can't be ruled out. I mean, Brad's going to, you know, the mastermind <laughs> could could be doing anything. Now, we we did get – honestly, it felt like um, Porzingis' camp striking back with propaganda of their own. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm going to run the, run the clip here from practice of, of the, the Latvian sniper looking yeah. good to me, Ben. I don't know. Cutting left, right, corner threes. Because um, we haven't seen any clips like this at all, really, all offseason. We've seen like very curated black and white, slow motion, um, Celtics gear clips from Porzingis. But to get a clip like this today of him actually practicing, um, and then we, we get a little, we get, we get him just bombing trailer threes from like 29 feet. Um, as well, did this? This made me feel so much better seeing this, and I really appreciate the um, the propaganda um, strike back because I was I was I was concerned. A gift from the basketball gods, I think, or uh, for the anxious Celtics fans in your life, uh, which is me in my own life. Um, <laughs> he's not exactly banging down low; like it's not like a a huge test of um, you know of his physical abilities. But certainly, if there was anything keeping him off the court. To see him literally on the court uh, is a really good sign. It did have me scrolling through Porzingis's extensive injury history, and there are several articles uh, that you can scroll through, and it actually gives you his entire career injury okay. timeline. Several, short, it's a short, several short list, right? Uh, several <laughs> revolutions of the mouse scroll wheel to scroll <laughs> no. down through that long list. Lots of knee. Um, there's nothing mm. foot related. Only toe. There was one toe injury which like the the toe is its own extremity right it's not part of the foot especially when you're talking about feet the size of that like that toe is so far away like distance wise from the rest of the foot so yeah it's in another hemisphere (laughs) so may may as well be in latvia that big toe you know exactly exactly so lots of knee some toe no foot 
No history of foot injuries. And obviously, the the, the typical NBA big man and the foot um, is a, a tale as old as time as far as injury concerns, but um, nothing um, you know of that category for Kristaps Porzingis so far. So, I guess I was going to say let's speculate wildly. I think we already have. Like, is there an ideal outcome for you here, Jake? Like, yeah. you mentioned Brad Stevens' propaganda, propaganda on both sides. Is there, is there some way we can finagle our way into... Porzingis, like, being with the Latvian team for the vibes, yeah. but, like, ultimately sitting out because his NBA career is a little bit more important. I know. We, we did talk about this in the Slack. It's like, okay, well, if he doesn't play, it's a good thing because he, then he's well-rested. But then that means if he doesn't play, does that mean he's actually injured? Yes. <laughs> injured enough where he couldn't play. So him playing is actually a good thing because that means he's healthy enough to play. I think the best-case scenario is he plays, but they get knocked out in the pool stages. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's it. So I think we get like three games. That's I know that's it's still scary because that's just we're going to be terrified. That's just how it's going to be. But if we can just get three games to only ten minute quarters, yep. Hopefully they get blown out or they do a, or they blow someone else out. We can get those minutes down. But I do think if we're looking at utopic options here, then Porzingis playing three games, him looking awesome, but them being terrible around him and then losing and getting knocked out. So we have like these highlights to look at from the World Cup. He looks great, no injury issues. And then we're like, let's go, not injured. These toes, (laughs) these feet, these knees are looking great. Absolutely, yes. Uh, that that sounds like the best case scenario. I was I was going to some dark places in my mind as you were saying that, like maybe a stomach bug it keeps him out, <laughs> oh. doesn't affect him physically. But I I don't want to wish that on anybody. So um, yeah, some Porzingis highlights, but ultimately protected, brought home in a cocoon to Boston and healthy going into the season. Into yeah, this is good from Dave in the great. chat here. Like maybe Brad needs to offer a bribe to the Latvian coach, um, maybe some of the other players. That are you know aren't on the thirty six million that Pozingas is. Um, just just turn the ball over, just miss your shots, just point shave, just a little bit. I'll crowdfund that. Now look, <laughs> s- sticking with the injury situation, O'Shea Brissett has been ruled out of the FIBA World Cup as a precaution as he deals with a knee injury. So there has been no official word on the severity or the specifics of his knee ailment, but. In 2019, he missed the last FIBA World Cup with a knee injury. And the following year, Brissett left the bubble to have a minor knee procedure to remove loose bodies. But he's since avoided knee injuries since 2020. Loose bodies is how I would Mm. describe my current physical appearance, (laughs) Jake, by the way. Uh, So, are you concerned? Is this like, this is kind of what you want to see? Like the slightest sign of a, sorry, it's not what you want to see. Obviously, you want to see the guy healthy, but at the slightest sign of some sort of knee ailment and knowing that he's got an NBA year coming up and kind of an important one, right? He signed a minimum deal. He's probably trying to play his way back, obviously for the perspective of team success, but increasing his own individual value as well. There's a knee issue, shut it down. Let's get him healthy for the NBA season. Am I just like talking myself into a healthy percent season, <laughs> was, Jake, or is it something really to do that? Pr- I'm really proud of you, Ben, for, <laughs> for, for taking the optimist view on this light. one. Because, because a pessimist could be like, we've already got reports of two Celtics players with injuries before the, Celt- the season has already started. But I think, you know... If if Brissett doesn't play a single minute because his knees don't work, I think the Celtics will still be okay. So you know, this isn't the, the worst thing in the world. I was still excited to watch him play in the World Cup, but um, this is the biggest difference between regular season and off season and this, these international um, camps and and basketball. Is it like we don't get the minute to minute updates on these injuries? We don't get the um, you know O'Shea Brissett is getting an MRI at. 3.01 p.m. tomorrow afternoon at the Celtics facility, we're going to get a tweet from Woj at like 3.09 saying that Rob Williams is either going to get the the meniscus surgery where it's like he's out for six months or he's going to be out for three weeks. International stuff, we get like, he's got a knee injury and then it's a precaution. That could literally mean it's actually bad or it could be it could be nothing. So it's really hard to... Um, to say the difference between this one and the zinger is we need O'Shea to present to release a, a an Instagram live like mixtape. Like he needs to go live 
and play some one-on-one. Like, he's still at the Canadian camp, maybe. And, you know, Jamal Murray's going to get some one-on-one practicing afterwards and Brissett can be the guy. Um, he's not ready for full game time, but he's ready to do something like that. Mm-hmm. I, would in, I would encourage him to release something of that nature. Yeah, so if you're listening, O'Shea, the encouragement that Jake is sending you, uh, I'm getting behind <laughs> that as well. Uh, we need to see something. Perhaps, you know, maybe some Euro stepping, some proven yep. agility on both legs yep. individually would be nice. Uh, but just signs of life from the knee there would be great to see. Uh, all right, let's move on. Anthony Davis has signed a contract extension, three-year, $186 million, uh, max contract extension, tying him to the Lakers through 2028 and through age 35 for a total of $270 million. Why is this important to the Celtics? Because he now usurps Jalen Brown as the, um, I guess, per year, most lucrative contract. $270 million, that's not Jalen's $305 million, but the annual contract extension average salary for AD will be $62 million per season, whereas Jalen's averages out at $60.8 million per season. Um what are your thoughts on this? It's, it's a different situation, Jake, in that AD is much older. He's much more injury prone. The future, you know, immediate and long-term future of the Lakers is a little bit less certain with LeBron being just crazy fucking old at this point. So how do you feel about this? And especially as it compares to the Jalen Brown situation and all the flack that the Celtics and Jalen <laughs> Brown got compared to what's happening now with AD, with AD. Yeah, I think... You could argue that it's a lot for for AD as well as Jalen, but I think the situation is similar in that the Lakers are trying to win a title next year. The year after, I don't know when LeBron's really... I don't think a cliff ever comes for him. He's just in this slow decline. Mm -hmm. But you you have to pay AD to to lock up this little title window. Um, And then I think thinking about the longevity of these contracts, I think it's interesting to compare and contrast. Like AD, I think in a vacuum, it's pretty clearly a better player than Jalen Brown at this moment. I think, you know, it's it's him, Draymond Green, Jaron Jackson, and Bam is like the clear-cut best defenders in the NBA. Offensively, he can be quite dominant. Um, but at the same time, like Anthony Davis is not a like a clear-cut number one guy and a title contender. I know you, you could kind of make the argument that when they won the title in the bubble that AD was um, was as good as LeBron, and I think that's fair, but his role when you're playing with LeBron, um, I don't think if you, if you put AD in a different kind of context, even in 2020 as a number one, he's able to win a title unless he has a number two that's like literally LeBron. LeBron was, was like a front-runner for MVP before – the, uh, the COVID season got shut down. So Jalen in, in that same regard, you know, is not a number one on a, like a clear cut number one guy on a title team. So I think both of these guys are overpaid because realistically there's five to seven guys that are actually worth this Supermax contract. And I don't think AD or Jalen like really technically fit into this, but this is how the NBA goes. It's just the next guy that's up for the next contract is going to be the richest one because it's just, for whatever reason, no one can negotiate down from Max. It's either I'm forcing a trade or leaving in free agency or you give me every last dollar. I don't know how that works, um, but that is the reality of these contract negotiations. But everybody should feel, I think, in my opinion, better about the future of the Jalen contract, the value of it, the ability to trade it, um, all that. You're on, you're on mute. You're on mute, Ben. I feel better about the the Jalen Brown contract situation in contrast to the AD one. And I feel like this AD contract situation, it kind of cushions some of the criticisms that we've heard about the JB situation because, you know, the the, the tagline there for the JB situation was like, this is just currently the most lucrative contract extension. It's going to be usurped in the near future. And I think a lot of us thought, okay, a year or two from now, it happened like almost immediately. And AD has, at this point in his career, I think just as many detractors as Jalen Brown as far as the risks in locking him up for this much money this long term. All of them you've already mentioned, Jake, so I'm not going to repeat them. So I, I feel like it does, yes, kind of cushion the criticism going at the Celtics and, you know, obviously the fan base. We read all that. We get anxiety from reading it. So <laughs> it's a good thing in that sense. So I have a question for you. Sure. When the 2028 playoffs start, 
which will be the last uh, year of these current contracts. It's very possible that both of these players have signed extensions again. At, at, but at this point, the end of the 2028, or beginning of the 2028 playoffs, Jalen Brown will be 32 years old and Anthony Davis will be 36 years old. I think it's very possible that in the first years of these extensions, you know, technically, you know, AD is the better player and worth the 60 million more than Jalen's worth the 60 million. But at age 32, Jalen Brown versus age 36, um, Anthony Davis, mm-hmm. like that, um, that's a proposition that I think, you know, you could easily make the argument that Jalen Brown's going to be um, the more effective player at that time. Oh, easily. Uh, you could you could make the argument that AD might be just based on what we've seen physically from him throughout his career, like bordering on out of the league. Like, I don't want to come across as, as too critical, oh. but, you know, like his body, is it not already breaking down? Has it not already been been breaking down for years now? Can he really play at a high level? You know, like at the very least, like he's probably coming off the bench in some sort of role player ish capacity at age 36 I just and I know we're making a lot of advances with um, sports medicine and and treatment and things like that but just the the trajectory that Anthony Davis is on it's tough to see him being a really solid contributor at age 36 yeah I think not not all 36 year olds are created equal I'm sure you can um, attest to this Ben oh, but yes. um yes. but uh there are the LeBron Jameses of the world. There are the Al Horfords of the world that have been very healthy for their entire careers um, and are cl- have been able to maintain a level that we haven't really seen before, thanks to some of that, like advances, those advances in modern medicine. Um, or you kind of see like Chris Paul, and he just like gets injured every time he gets to the playoffs. So as he, as he gets older, and and there's just going to be different bodies. And AD historically, like you know, I'm I'm intrigued to now go back and and look at AD's uh, injury history and see how many um, mouse rotations it is versus um, Porzingis's <laughs> because I think you know there's a lot of like a lot of detractors on the Celtics this season be like, ah, oh, Porzingis is so injury prone. But um, I think if I went to go back and look at the last three seasons of games played. I think it would be very close with Anthony Davis, if not give, giving Porzingis the lead there. So, um, I would be concerned about paying someone sixty-five million dollars at age thirty-six that can't stay on yeah. the court. And like, no question, looking at both players' ceilings. So now, looking at Porzingis and Anthony Davis, Anthony Davis is a skyscraper ceiling-wise mm-hmm. compared to Porzingis, in my opinion. But looking at the average annual salary, Porzingis is essentially being paid half of what yeah. Anthony Davis has been extended for. And as far as like you attach the risks that both players carry with them to that, I'm feeling a lot better about the Celtics' books compared to that of the Lakers, which, I don't know, maybe we should have tied this into the Schadenfreude yeah, report. Yeah, maybe. Which, like, it's too early. Like, it could be a great thing for the Lakers. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? No, but I'm certainly hoping that it isn't. I don't think it really it matters to them. I think this is just like, you have to sign Anthony Davis. We have this LeBron AD duo playing at a very high level for at least, I think LeBron's a free agent after this season. So at least this season, and then they have they have this AD player marquee attract another star. Can you trade AD? Um, he was a no brainer. They they kind of had to do it, but um, let let us not forget that the Lakers were like wandering through the desert for like a decade there. So um, mm-hmm. fingers crossed, uh, we're there in not too long. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's take a quick moment to hear from our sponsor. The CLNS Media Network is powered by FanDuel. Sign up at FanDuel.com slash Boston and get in on the action with $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Football season is about to kick off and FanDuel is giving you the chance to win all season long because right now you can bet on a Super Bowl winner and you can get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season. Just pick any team to win the Super Bowl and you'll get bonus bets for every victory. You can use your bets on your bonus bets rather on spreads player props, over-unders, and more. So visit fanduel.com slash Boston and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sports book. That's fanduel.com slash Boston. Now, Jake, we had green with uh, green with Envy. Th- those guys are coming on next week. We had green runs deep on last week uh, talking Celtics, and we asked him who he thought the Super Bowl winner would be. He said the New York Jets. And then I heard Bill Simmons talking oh, in a similar vein. And, you know, you start to have those... 
uh, intrusive thoughts. Does Bill Simmons listen to the podcast? Obviously, he does not. <laughs> but he also mentioned the New York Jets as potential Super Bowl winners. You've had some time to digest Green Run's deep uh, thoughts there on that. Have you have you wavered at all? Ben, I know you're not an NFL guy, so I, I'm not. I think you I think you may have misinterpreted Bill's segment because Bill was yes. like saying the opposite of, <laughs> oh, of okay. the, 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 the Jets. Definitely was- misinterpreted, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I do not see the Jets thing at all, but, you know, I'm ramping up all my football research. August is kind of the month for that. There's like this little window before the um, the NBA season starts where I really get into my football and um, September's kind of like where I really dive into it, but then basketball starts and it just like fades as uh, as the season goes along. I still like, you know, the the Patriots to win the AFC East at like plus 750, um, but I've made money on betting on the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl um, since Patty Mahomes has come into the league pretty much. Like you can just bet them to win the Super Bowl and then you can hedge in like the AFC title game because they're guaranteed to make it unless he like explodes but he's already proven he can play through like catastrophic injuries and still win the Super Bowl like he did last year so I would just bet on the Chiefs it's like plus 700 I think um it's just like it's just easy money you can hedge it at worst and break even so um yeah and and the FanDuel like offer of winning bonus bets on yeah. all of their regular season wins is that's, that's really spicy like you make a long term bet and you get sort of short term gains in the meantime so that, yes. that's fun it- that's why you bet on the Chiefs because they're going to win all these games. You're going to get bonus bets, and they're probably going to win the Super Bowl. So, um, kind of a no-brainer. Them and the Eagles. I would just put two bets on them, get your bonus bets, and then you can just use the bonus bets on the other Super Bowl contenders if you want, and just uh, get crazy. Absolutely. So, now, look, responsibly, we, responsibly crazy. Obviously. Responsibly, crazily, and obviously responsibly needs to be the lead word there. Now we talked about JB a second ago through the lens of the AD contract extension. JB's been busy this offseason, and recently he flew east to Japan, not far north of Australia. JB, if you're listening, short flight down yeah. here to Sydney or Tasmania if you want to jump on the pod. But uh, there is a clip of JB picking up a new hobby. This could be loud. We're going to play the clip now, and we're going to talk about it. <laughs> This is Jalen Brown drifting, I guess, Tokyo drifting, I don't know, of its proximity to the city of Tokyo, somewhere in Japan, notably not going left, which uh, was, you know, not my original thought. It's all over the internet. Um, This is the offseason, Jake. This is where we have to spend time talking about content like this. So just your immediate thoughts, reactions, anything, anything on this. Give us give us two minutes. You can't tell me that you didn't feel the same way as me. Where I'm, I've seen the video already before, and I was still nervous watching that. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, like, no, I, there's nothing to crash into. He's fine. There is something to crash. There's a metal. There's a metal like barrier, like kind of over there. Okay, I'm, <laughs> I'm not a motorsports enthusiast by any means. Um, we are using the F1 qualifying to determine our fantasy football draft order. But, but other than that. All I know is that I have Ferrari as my team. And that's all I know. So I have no idea how difficult, how easy drifting. We call them donuts in Australia, doing doughies. Um, I have no no concept of how difficult doing doughies actually is. So like, was there an hour training course? Is this the third day of the training course? Was this, you know, a super easy maneuver that would have been very difficult to fuck up? Um, but also... This dude sliced his hand open, watering his plants, allegedly. <laughs> do we need to do a, this? He probably had a roll cage in the car. I don't know. I couldn't tell from watching the video. No. But, uh, so, uh, yeah, I've never done doughies either. I don't know of the inherent risks in doing doughies. Doing doughies outside of Lidcombe Station was a big part of uh, popular culture uh, <laughs> growing up uh, here in Sydney. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it seems like in a controlled environment there... Um, he he seems fine. So those of you listening who live in Boston, if you if you hear someone doing doughies in your neighborhood, there's a very good chance that it could be Jalen Brown. Um, so go and say hi and uh, ask him to come on the podcast. Um, I, I, I would I would like to request less drifting. Like that's uh, at least don't post it for me, just for me. Take me off the close friends list, Jalen. Yeah, like I just from a fan anxiety perspective, you just can't you can't I, cope with that. And also, just 
You're you're bringing this on yourself, Dave D in the chat. If Jalen can hurt himself gardening, allegedly, I'm not. I still not. I'm still not sure I buy it. The fact that he sliced his hand open that badly, but mm-hmm. if that is true, do we do we need to? Like, you know, uh, Naheem Hines in the NFL is out for the season because of a jet skiing accident. So, like, let's just, let's not tempt the gods. <laughs> Where know. do you draw the line, though, Jake? Like, Tatum, uh, on his Instagram, he's playing golf basically every single day. Huge muscle pull potential. You're oh, swinging, man, repetitive on. swing every time. You could do, a, you know, I guess a, a, a lat <laughs> muscle strain, a back strain, lower back, put yourself out. If not for the beginning of the season, at least for the ramp up, the training and everything. Like, where do you, where do you draw the line? I definitely draw the line somewhere between playing golf and <laughs> drifting. <laughs> Fair enough. Like, if, if Michael Jordan can play 36 holes in a day, our guy Tatum can handle... Uh, Handle a few rounds. It's it. It's uh, Steph Curry's playing every day. I think. I think the golf part's fine. I think we draw the line at gardening. That must probably where. Um, that's where the line is, and I'm pretty sure drifting's past the gardening line. Personally. Yeah, that said, Jalen or anyone else on the Celtics, if you are presented with broken glass on the floor, just pause, back away slowly. Surely someone else can take care of for you. Yeah, we'll, call us. We'll come. I'll fly we'll do in. It. Absolutely. Don't need all my right. hands at all. <laughs> Let yeah, dustpan and broom, right? Like hands. What are, are not we required. doing, dude? <laughs> yeah. All right. Lineups that we're excited for for the 2023-2024 uh, season. We can have a little bit of fun with this, Jake, before we yeah. wrap up. I, obviously, the starting lineup, right? Derek White, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Rob Williams, Chris Tapps, Porzingis. First well, of all, is that the guaranteed starting no, lineup? It's not the guaranteed starting lineup. I don't think we know. I, I it could be Rob. It could be Al. Um, I'm. It has to be Porzingis, would be my guess. Mm-hmm. Um, that we don't know, which is um, which is kind of an embarrassment of riches, like the, the ability to bring one of Rob or Ta- of Aaron Horford off the bench is is awesome. Um, I would like to see, I think Rob in the starting lineup. I would like to see Rob play more minutes with Derek and Tatum more so than uh, Malcolm, just because Ma- uh, Malcolm refuses to. You know, hit Rob on the lob. So mm-hmm. just give Brogdon the outlets because I feel like Brogdon will drive in and if he doesn't see stuff, he kicks to like shooters far more yep. than he does to interior, uh, you know, presence. So that would be my pick for the starting lineup. Uh, what, what do you, you, you put Rob here. So I feel like you're leaning the same way. Yeah, I just think Rob back in that defensively speaking power forward slash roaming role and just kind of compliments like Zinger's really good in drop, right? But yeah. it's not like he's really good laterally. Latvia laterally. I don't know. Thought I that don't was something know. There. Uh, well, uh, yeah, I mean, you have been posting some really good footage of him on your Twitter. Go and follow Jake at Jake Eisenberg on Twitter for, for more of that. He's had some good Tatum stuff lately as well. Um, but I just think that Rob defensively kind of he's a safety net and that's I'm not saying anything new there but you know Derek White you know having made all D second team does get targeted occasionally uh defensively Brown Jalen Brown sometimes sometimes will fall asleep and get backdoor cut and things like that and have Rob Williams as a safety net as a backup with a full off season of ramp ups and, and workouts and recovery and things like that I think just chucking Rob Williams in there as like the defensive leader for the rest of that starting lineup. That, that's the the lineup that I'm most excited about. Now, you might say the most likely starting lineup is not, like, it's not a hot take to be excited by that, but I really like the defensive chemistry of that lineup. And then offensively, obviously Rob impacts the spacing, but you unleash his passing, his high post sort of court vision and the shooters that are sort of operating around him in that capacity, I think there's some really good things that you can, you know, opportunities offensively that you can generate out of that too. So I'm really excited for that. But let's run down here and let's get deeper. Well, I'll, I, I want to want to trade lineups here. You got okay. the first pick. Yeah, yeah, let's go. Um, this is my Helio Tatum lineup. And oh. I think actually flows quite well off um, Al Horford coming off the bench here. Um, so it's Tatum. It's Brogdon off the bench. It's Hauser off the bench. It's Al off the bench. And KP stays in. So it's Tatum, Brogdon, Hauser, Al, KP, which means Tatum's running point and he's running pick and roll and pick and pops with KP and Al. And he's surrounded by Brogdon, who led the league in shooting last year, 
well, basically tied with Al Horford. Hauser, who's never had a season in his life, going back to four years of college, you know, his three years in the G League slash NBA of shooting above 40%. And then Porzingis. Of those shooters, Porzingis was the worst of them last season at 39.5%, which is wow. absurd. And so to surround Tatum with that level of shooting, and I think, like, defensively, you're you're still total. Like, that's still going to be one of the better defensive lineups in, like, the NBA from a regular season perspective especially. Very excited because we're going to need to see more Tatum um, playmaking responsibility and to surround him with that level of shooting to create that level of spacing, I think could be just glorious. I feel like him and Hauser early last season had an incredible connection, which I felt like kind of waned as the season went on. I would like to get those two on the court together. Yeah, that's really interesting. We are going to need to lean on other personnel's playmaking skill set with Smart out the door. And I think, yeah, Tatum is probably second in line, possibly even first in line. Um, Derek White obviously being the starting point guard. And, and like you said earlier, Malcolm Brogdon, just having the blinders on when it comes to finding guys like Robert Williams. So I think that's that's a really good one. I My second lineup choice, the third overall pick, if you will, is <laughs> really, it's a reaction to the first lineup, the starting lineup. So that starting lineup with Rob at the four, you know, it's not necessarily suitable against a lot of teams where you kind of need, and this is like the way that the NBA is going or has gone really, you kind of need a wingish stretch four. So, I put to you this. Derek White, Jalen Brown, Hauser at the three, elite three-point specialist with uh, passable defense. Tatum at the four, who has demonstrated himself to be an incredible rebounder and was great in that Roma role in lieu of Rob Williams last year when he was out injured to begin the season. And then Paul Zingas, who's our starting five. Great shooter, can attack his own. You know, we've, we've studied that already, but I think that, is my my second favorite potential lineup. Okay, I I I love it. I love it. And I think going through this exercise, you realize how many lineups you you do uh, tend to enjoy, and uh, they often have both Jalen Brown and Jason. I was going to say, yeah, probably maybe if we do an extension of this at some point in the, in the throughout the rest of the offseason, we need to look at some non Tatum lineups because I haven't done this here, uh, and he's yeah. going to need some rest. Yes, agreed. Well, he in that in that case. Um, well, the last lineup, the Helio Tatum lineup, I, f- firstly, I, f- when I was doing this, I completely forgot about Brogdon until like towards the end. And I was like, okay, because that Helio Tatum lineup, I originally had Jalen in there, but I'm like, okay, let's put Brogdon in there. Better shooter. And also just like, actually might be a good, good example and a good reflection of what, um, you know, Tatum in the bench, um, lineups can look like in a non and with, without Jalen, but now a non Tatum lineup. Um, I call this the pace lineup. Um, getting up and down the court. So we got Derek, PP, Jalen, O'Shea. When watching a lot of his clips, he's like really good at getting up and down the court. Um, and then Rob or KP here. Um, I think Rob is the the best at getting like the most athletic of the 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 Porzingis Horford Rob combo as far as getting up and down the court. He would win a race. But I think if you have Porzingis in this spot and everybody's racing up and down the court, and you have Porzingis trailing for three. Clearly, this is like watching Porzingis, he loves trail threes. Even in the practice clip we watched earlier, it's something he practices, kind of walking over half court and taking these 30-footers. If you've got Pritchard, Derek, O'Shea, Jalen, putting pressure on the rim, getting out in the break, Pritchard spraying to the wing in the corner, and then Porzingis with the trail three. Um, I really like this like speed, speed lineup. Yeah, that's really cool. The, the pace and space speed lineup. Um, that's really interesting. Yeah, I, I, I'm particularly interested to see how like O'Shea Brissett factors into that because I feel like the other members of that lineup that you mentioned are all home runs. And yeah. like, yes. can O'Shea be passable enough on offense that like he can be put out there for defensive purposes, but not just be like a total bed shitter offensively where it just kills everything on the offensive side where the other team can just help off of him entirely. He becomes a, a zero factor and it kind of leads to our offense breaking down. Well, so I think totally fair. And that is a concern that would, that, that goes in the playoff concern bucket and like O'Shea to me, unless he has a really good season is not someone I expect to play in the playoffs. Really? Um, this is, this is a, this is a regular season lineup. Like, how, like we're playing that the Rockets game that we lost, if you remember, 
Tatum looked like he had a concussion. Jalen had like one of his better games of the season trying to keep the, the Celtics in this game. And um, we just like, we were screaming, everybody's screaming at the TV to run. Please move. And I think having a lineup, so a guy like Brissett who plays with energy on a regular season basis, night to night, um, you're playing the Wizards on a Wednesday. You just need someone's going to come in and get up and down the court. Regular season, I like this lineup. Um, and then, like, and from a spacing perspective, you know, it's, let's say it's KP, you know, Derek, PP, Jalen, and Porzingis, and O'Shea is like the only non-shooter. Like he still shoots like over 30% from three. I think in the regular season, that's, you know, that's just not really an issue. So I think, and defensively, I still think it's fine. Yeah, we've got some comments flowing in here. Dave D says, I like Sam Hauser in Ooh. there for closing only because without Sam off the bench, we are wingless. Absolutely. And then Michael Spitzer says, we finally have a chance for a non-Jays lineup. He's calling this the Bombers. Derek White, <laughs> Malcolm Brogdon, Sam Hauser, Chris Tapps, Porzingis, and Al Horford. All just like, you could just play five yeah. out. Just amazing three-point opportunities. You know, defensively, it doesn't matter because three is more than two and you're shooting right. threes on every possession. So put uh, Peyton Pritchard in there as well, potentially. And yeah. uh, you got yourself a, a bummer lineup. Well, yeah, this is this is this is the this is the Helio Tatum lineup, but you've put Derek White in there for for Tatum. And I think that um that lineup works really well as well. Uh, which is exciting. Like to be able to even think about a a non-J lineup. Uh we'll we'll see if we we go to that. All right, my next pick. This is the all-defense yep. lineup, um, not very creatively named. Derek White, who, like I said, all-defense, second team. Jalen Brown or Delano Banton instead of Jalen Brown, the 6'9 guard who maybe doesn't fall asleep on defense mm. at times. We don't really know his tendencies that well yet, having not seen him suit up outside of the summer league. Jason Tatum, of course, Rob Williams, Horford, and Zinger. Um which is five people, right? Yeah, it is. I, yep. I sort of combined Jalen Brown and Delano Banton. Two, that's true. Yeah. Three. Oh, Derek White, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Rob, Horford, Zinger. That, that's, that is six. That is um, six. Well, I mean, put six players on the court. That's, I mean, no one's, no one's going to score on you. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think so. Uh, I would... I don't know. I, I think yeah. Horford and Zinger are interchangeable, I think, in your all-defensive lineup. And, and a lot of that will be based on how Horford looks in the season and also at what point of the season we're in. Playoff Horford, if he's had limited minutes throughout the entire regular season, he's rested, he's moving well, like as at least as well as we've seen him move this year. You know, I'd, I'd probably favor Horford over Zinger defensively in a playoff game as sort of that playoff lineup of death kind of lineup. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, well, I have a question on the death lineup for you later. But yeah, I think okay. I, I think for me, visualizing the defense is more difficult than the offense. I think the offense, offensively for this team, and that was kind of the whole point of the Porzingis move, was to really juice the offense because that's been the Achilles heel of this team in the playoffs the last two seasons. That's really easy to envision because he's so versatile. You know, you can, you can do everything. Mm-hmm. defensively there's obviously like you've got these three bigs you can't play them all together like I think if you were gonna like rank your top five players or top six players like you're gonna have Porzingis Rob and Al in there right I guess it's like Jalen Jason Derek Porzingis Rob Al as probably your best six guys and obviously as even though you tried you we, we can't actually play all of them at the same time <laughs> um, you, you don't envision a, a zone for a couple of possessions where it's Rob, Al, and Porzingis on the back line. I would love to see it. I would, I would love to see it because he's, obviously you could still have the spacing offensively. Um, it's, and then I guess you have yeah any, any of Derek, Jalen, or Jason um, as like at the top of the zone. I know Brad Stevens like mentioned it in his like interview after the draft. I would like to see it. Maybe we'll see it in preseason um, just, to, just to see it. I don't know. I'll why tell, not? Well, I'll tell you why not. I think it's too much like uh, injury risk at once with those three guys <laughs> all on the court. If there's some That's... sort of cataclysmic event on the court that like it's some sort of boulder yep. player, Lou Dort just like tumbles into the, the, the paint and takes out all their legs at once, then what do you do? So yes, I think it's, it's is... too much risk bundled into one moment on the court. I agree. I agree. Uh, that's a good point. We cannot tempt the gods when it comes to <laughs> when, 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 oh shit, Landon, Landon's <laughs> just 
coming out hot. Jake's apparently oh, dominating the lineup battle. I don't know about that. I got a couple um, more lineups, but let's yeah, let's we're not done yet. Um, so this is just this is purely called the Walshy lineup, um, and it's Derek, Jalen at the two, Walshy, Jason Tatum, and then like take your pick of the big three of the three bigs or the big three. Wow. But man, Ben, there's, there's just great content coming in this season, I just realized, with this, <laughs> this three-headed monster. What up, Landon? Appreciate you coming by. Um, yeah. Like, it's hard for me, like, like for me to not put KP similar to Tatum in a lot of these spots just because, like, um, I think he's the best player, um, mm-hmm. which is not, I don't, don't think, a very hot take. But Derek, Jalen, Walshy, Jason, and then I would, I would have either KP or Al just because I think similar to O'Shea Brissett, even though- Walsh shot 38% in the summer league. We will see if that is real or not. I think you have to put either Al or Porzingis on the court at the same time. But I would love to see Walsh get to be surrounded by like all that talent and he can just like really just exert all of his chaotic energy, all of his Marcus Smart energy onto the game, I think would be the best way to get him in there. Yeah, and fail fast and hard without it being like yeah. too much of an issue because of all the talent he's got around him. Like you know, he was it was great one on one defensively. Obviously, he had some great defensive moments in the summer league, and that's why we drafted him. Like he's gonna have some defensive bed shitting moments this season. Like it's it's going to happen because he's so he's raw. Not, yeah. yeah, and that's why well, like, I don't have Jordan Walsh in any of my preferred lineups. Much I love Walshy. I'm all I'm team Walshy baby. Yeah. Give me the Walshy t-shirt, the pajamas. I'll wear them all day. But <laughs> he's not in any of my lineups because he's he's going to be under the bench slash G League. Okay, well, well we don't know. Um who knows we could have a cataclysmic event and all of a sudden Jordan Hawks. Oh god. <laughs> um right. but no, you, this this was lineups you're excited for, I believe it sure. says right, right here. And I'm excited for every single second of of Jordan Walsh. I mean, he's not on a two-way. He has his full NBA contract. O'Shea Brissett now has this knee thing. Who knows? Is he next in line after Sam Hauser? Um, which means I think that there's, you know, Malcolm Brogdon, is he ready for the season? Um, who, <laughs> who knows? All right. Next lineup. This is the... Uh, we've heard the I'm a make them both situation with Grant Williams. This is the I'm a make them all lineup of Peyton Pritchard, <laughs> Malcolm Brogdon, who did he did he end the league, uh, end the season leading the league in three point shooting? I think he did yeah. uh, or close. He was like so, him, Horford and Kennard were like battling for the top three spots. There you go. So Pritchard, Brogdon, Hauser, Horford, Zinger. This is very similar to one of your yeah. earlier lineups. It's just like the it's the gunner lineup, the bomber lineup, as as Michael Spitzer had before. Just like five elite shooters, the the spacing and the attention that they draw because of their shooting prowess only further opens up the person next to them, and so on and so forth. So, you know, are we going to regularly see lineups like this? Perhaps when the, both Jays are on the bench, and you would hope the rotations are such that we've kind of got either Jay out there at least at every given moment. But injuries do happen. There are situations where neither Jay can be on the court, and this offensively works fantastically. Uh, and defensively, I think it gives you enough to get through a few possessions, a few you know um, stints of the game safely. Oh yeah, I think yeah, reg- yeah. Not, this is another fun regular season lineup for sure. Like um, I was listening to the Greatest of All Talk pod last night, and uh, Ben Golliver's like in the midst of you at Team USA camp, and he was recapping the uh, Team USA like select team scrimmage where they beat the team USA. And he had a little nugget in there about, you know, Peyton Pritchard was like bombing away from three at one point. And um, look, so good. it's just on the Pritchard. Like it's so wild that he's like at the team, like USA select team, but like, this is what he does. We've seen it. He can, when he gets going from, from three, like he, he's got range. He's, he's willing. He'll get up, you know, five, six, seven threes in um, 20 minutes or less playing time. And, he can easily make five of them. So, yeah, this lineup has serious, serious firepower. I've got one more, but you are next in the draft. Oh, Do you have okay. any any more lineups? No, well, no, I I, um, I don't actually have any more lined up here, but I, I have a question for you. But you go, you go to your uh, your next lineup, and we'll go. From Let there. me just rattle off this very unserious yeah. lineup called the first to the floor, ball to the wall, chaos lineup. It's Pritchard who. Like, if you think about Chaos and Balls to the War, it's more defensively. Like, Pritchard is a bit of a gun 
defensively, like decent screen navigation. He obviously gets caught up sometimes. Really good offensive rebounder for his size. Like he just he he's the the spearhead of this lineup because of just the attitude that he brings to the court despite his size. So Pritchard, Delano Banton, Walshy, O'Shea Brissett, and then in brackets, Blake. Because <laughs> like he would be the backbone. I mentioned Pritchard as the spearhead. Blake Griffin, if we do re-sign him in free agency, would be the, the backbone of such a lineup. We saw Blake Griffin literally sl- sliding off the court, out of bounds, first to the floor, grabbing the ball, despite his age, his injury history, you know, the fact that if he had one more injury, it could be it for him and end his career. You know, Blake Griffin just diving all over the floor. This balls-to-the-wall lineup is something that we might see in like the last few games of the regular season, where... We need to rest our starters and we get these really fun games of, like we saw it last year, Peyton Pritchard, last game of the season, triple-double. This is the kind of lineup that we need to, you know, fans deserve to be able to invest in and get behind <laughs> at certain junctures of the season. So, both this of the is, ball lineup. This is beautiful. This is beautiful. This is <laughs> like, um, reminds me of uh, the Celtics played the Nets and... The Celtics won. Tatum had like a big fourth quarter on KD and they flew to Toronto for the back-to-back and Pritchard's out there, Blake's out there and they had this like this gritty, gritty win. Um, this is a lot though of Banton, <laughs> Walshy. Like this this is either like everybody's resting or we're winning by 20 or losing by 20 in the last five minutes <laughs> lineup. But like I think we'll probably see this lineup at some point just because like of – of like the end of games, uh, I do like how you've you've noted here that it's two k for for time lord. We can't again tempt the on the run sheet. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we can't cannot. put him out there for that. No, that's that's again, <laughs> those days are behind him. No, no, um, I love it. Uh, Banton, yeah, look a lot of, a lot of a lot of chaos. I <laughs> chaos is the perfect word for this lineup. Yeah. Um, Maybe a little light on shooting. I wish like oh yeah, very <laughs> very light on shooting, but that's part of the chaos, baby. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right. Question for you before we Please. move on from the lineups. Um, what do you think will end up being like our, either our best, our death lineup? Um, Cause like in 2022, when we made the finals, it was Marcus, Jalen, Jason, Rob, Al, that double bigs, that defensive, like historic lineup um, that just dominated teams from like January on. I don't think we really found a lineup like that last season. Like the Celtics were just like really good across the board last season. You know, they were fluttering one, two, three in offense all season. They were the second in the league in defense, but it was a big drop off from the year previous. Like, what do you think is going to be like the death lineup? So I'll, I'll preface my answer with calling out that there wasn't a lot of Brogdon in all of our dream lineups in this segment yep. so far. It was mentioned once or twice, but didn't play a, a key role really in any of our, our lineup choices. No. So I think the death lineup is going to be Derek White, Malcolm Brogdon, Jalen oh. Brown, Tatum, and if healthy, and if, if he has gelled well with the team to that point, Porzingis. I think that's just your five most elite players. And that's, that's what a death lineup is. I think Horford... You know, like he's going to be more of a situational player this year. Rob can play himself into to being a part of that death lineup, but like as things stand right now, mm-hmm. compared to the rest of the roster, I don't think he belongs on that death lineup. So that's what it is for me. Luke Cornett, we're seeing some Cornett comments ah, here. Cornett's not going to make the death lineup. Um, and, you know, he's just, he's the 15th man. You know, he doesn't... We love Cornette, but we love him for who he is, not necessarily what he is, if that makes sense. Yes, um, no question. So, yeah, to, to get back to the death lineup stuff, yeah, so Derek, Brogdon, the Jays, and Porzingis. Yes, I think, like, the the actualized version of this team, like, has to have Porzingis in there. Like, if this team reaches its absolute ceiling, it's with Porzingis in the lineup. Um, obviously, Jalen, obviously, Jason, and I think Derek. I think Derek, Jalen, Jason, Porzingis. I think in the best case scenario, those four guys are pretty much a lock to being like this this death lineup. And then that last spot is where we're going to find out. Now, Brogdon, I think, is a totally, totally fair option. I don't know if this is a hot take, but I, 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 I'm hoping this might be wish casting, 
Could it be Sam Hauser? Oh. Could it be <laughs> Sam Hauser? Maybe not like maybe not like the closing lineup in a playoff game, but there's this lineup you go to in like the middle of the third quarter. Warriors-esque where the games just get absolutely broken open where, you know, why is Brogdon out there in that death lineup? You know, you know, he can play, he can play a little bit of defense. He's obviously that elite shooter. I think Hauser can definitely match him as far as a shooting perspective goes. Was Brogdon a, a markedly better defender than Sam Hauser last season? I mean, I'd have to look at the numbers. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, I feel like there was a lot to be left, a lot to be desired from Brogdon's defense last season relative to the rest of the team. So I think that like you add Hauser, who's six foot eight, better rebounder, um, I think as equally good as shooting. So all of a sudden, it's like this, this elite shooting team. So it's, yeah, it's like it's, it's a kind of a giant team where the shortest player is Derek White, like six four, six five, and it's Jalen six seven, Hauser six eight, Tatum six nine, and then the Zing Dog. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to sub anyone out for Malcolm Brogdon in favor of elite shooting, given where sure. he finished league-wide in, in shooting last year. But yeah, crunch time, like put defense aside, like just crunch time execution on either end was clearly not a strong suit for Malcolm Brogdon for the majority of last year, particularly in the playoffs. One of the so, worst turnovers we've ever seen where he threw the pick oh. six to Maxi in game one of the Sixers series to pretty much seal that loss. Yep. And if we lost that series... Maybe this is a hot take, maybe it isn't, but like Brogdon is long gone from this team already. So like he was kind of <laughs> saved by Tatum's 50 in the, you know, and also that epic end to, to game six as well. Yeah, this is interesting. I- what about, um, what, who, who's the better cutter? Because I don't think in, in this lineup, you know, it's Derek, and Ta- Derek and Tatum are going to be your primary and secondary ball handlers, depending on which, which way you order them. So... There's a, like you're that's a that's just tertiary ball handling at that point. So, do I want the guy who's better at cutting, um, as well? I just, like it's okay. So death lineups, like first of all, situationally, your death lineup comes in to close a game, right? Yeah. And maybe. so I'm just circling back in my mind. So crunch time, Brogdon, not a strong suit. Hauser, like kind of unproven, right? Like he hasn't really yes. been tested in those moments. So I think you've still got to go to Brogdon because. I have to hope. I have to believe, Jake. It's the only way I can sleep at night <laughs> that it's uh, it's a, an adjustment, uh, an amendment that Brogdon will make to his game and his approach going into his second year with the Celtics. Kind of knows the situation a little bit better, knows the team. There's more chemistry. Yes, there's a relationship issue in that we almost traded him away, but he's back. The dust will have settled by the time we start training camp. Like He is kind of an elite player in a lot of facets. I think you've, you've got to include him in the death lineup over Sam Hauser. I understand the approach. I, I want it to be Hauser. I hope that he gets to that point. I just don't think, like, also, sorry, these thoughts are all coming to me at once. No, please. You can't put Brogdon on the bench in favor of Hauser. Like, just look at the salary. Look at the the apparent role for each player. Brogdon's going to be shitting his pants with fury on the bench <laughs> if you put in Sam Hauser in, in his stead. Okay. All great points. I agree with pretty much all of them. How about this? Great. If ga- if the if game seven of the finals is tomorrow, then your lineup is that's the lineup. Mm-hmm. But are you open to the idea that by the time we get to April, that Sam Hauser as the first wing off the bench has played well enough to where it's like he just gels better with some of the other guys and his defense is like Good enough to compare with Brogdon and some of those other things. So, like, today, to start the season, it's Brogdon almost certainly. But do we get to a point in the playoffs where it's just, like, undeniable that, like, this lineup has just been wiping teams off the floor? That that, that, that is possible. I would donate organs to that idea to keep it alive <laughs> and, and thriving. I love that idea so much. I want that to be the case. Like, because also just, you know, it's a buy low... Not that we'd sell, then sell high on Hauser, but to, to sign him at what we've signed Hauser for yeah. and to see him grow to that level and, and capacity would be so satisfying. And then suddenly you've got a lot more maneuverability with Brogdon's contract and, and moving that piece because you, you don't need to be paying someone whose role has diminished that much, that much money. So it opens up so many possibilities. 
So I would love to see Sam Hauser evolve to that level. And in the meantime, it's a luxury that we can we can put someone like Brogdon in that death lineup instead. So yep. I feel like yeah, we've I mean, reached a, ob- a happy place there. Of course. And then like who knows? It could be it could it could involve either Rob or Al in that lineup as well. So that's like mm-hmm. there's a lot of good options. I think doing this exercise, I was like, there's a lot of good players and a lot of cool options um, to to float in here. Yeah, I want to go get a drink and do it again. This is a lot of fun. <laughs> uh, we'll have to do it again with Spoonie at some point between yes. now and when the season starts. All right, let's leave it there. That is going to do it for this one. Thank you so much for joining us. Like I said, to begin the pod, we've got so much coming up in the next week, so make sure you're subscribed on YouTube and all the podcasts to keep up with all of that. We'll be back tomorrow for part one of our Eastern Conference rival series at 8 p.m. talking about the Cavs and how they perceive the Celtics and their fans. Jake, love your work. Until next time, go Celtics. Celtics.